0: A hundred years ago tonight, all along the Western Front, the guns fell silent, and the sound of Christmas carols could be heard. There was no official order to, to cease fire. There was no official declaration of, of a truce. It was just the right thing to do. It was Christmas Eve, and soldiers on both sides knew that Christmas was about peace. At the heart of Christmas, we find peace. And at the heart of peace, we find Jesus. But we realize that the story of peace and and the story of Jesus isn't just about Jesus, or it isn't just about Christmas. The offer of peace is, is more than just the manger, it's more than just the baby, it's more than just the declaration of the angels and the shepherds. And if we're truly going to understand peace on earth, we have to look at the whole story. And the story of peace, the story of your peace comes down to the question, what will you do with Jesus? The only real peace you will ever know, the the only free peace you can ever experience, the only peace that matters, is completely wrapped up in Him. So what did, what will you do with Him? What will you do with this offer of peace? Will you stop at Christmas and say, this is good enough? You know the the songs, the lights, the uh, the the excitement, the joy, that's that's enough for me? Or will you go further? Will you follow Jesus to the end of his story and the beginning of your story? I love the way Luke tells the story of Jesus. It's Luke who tells us that he set out to write an orderly account to put things in order to so we can see how they all fit together. And Luke is the one who begins the story of Jesus by telling us they laid him in a manger. If you want to turn in your Bibles, we're going to look at Luke chapter 2. Very familiar story this time of year. If you're using those Bibles in the pew in front of you, it's page 857. Luke chapter 2, page 857, verses 1 through 14. Luke says, in those days... To her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in the manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. I love the words of the angels to the shepherds. In verse 12, this will be a sign for you. It's, it's very personal. It is a sign to you. It's a sign that you will understand. It's, it's something that you will recognize. It was a sign to the poorest of the poor. It was a sign to the outcast. It was a sign to the homeless. It was a sign for those who had been born, born in a barn, I guess you would say. Those like the shepherds. And I wonder as they heard those words... How many of those shepherds on the outcast of society? How many of those shepherds homeless themselves? How many of them were born in similar situation and how many of them in those first moments were laid in mangers because there was no other place for them? And so, glory to God in the highest begins with here is a sign for you at your lowest, at your weakest. In those moments when you don't fit in, in those moments when you feel like you don't belong, here is your prince, your prince of peace. In poverty, in humility, outside, in the cold, you cannot be so low that God can't come to you. You cannot be so broken that God will not meet you. This is a sign to you. This child is for you. They laid him in a manger. What else, did, what else did they do with him? Many chapters later, and, and over 30 years later, really, we read on and we see a passage where we're told they set him on a donkey. If you flip ahead in those Bibles to Luke 19, which is on page 878, verses 28 through 40. As Luke tells the story, he says, When he had said these things, he went ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And when he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany on the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, and where you will ent- and where on entering you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this, well, the Lord has need of it. And so those who were sent, away, sent went away and found it just as he had told them. And they, as they were untying the colt, the owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus. And throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And he rode along. As he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. And when he was drawing near, already on his way down to the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the might they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. It's 33 years later, and really it's just a few miles down the road from where he was born. And it's less than a week before he will die, and he enters the city of Jerusalem. And it says there in verse 35, they brought the colt to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. I have this image of the disciples all gathered around and Maybe one of them offers him a, a, you know, a hold for his foot and the others lift him up and they set Jesus on this little colt that has never had someone ride it before. And, and uh, this, that image of him riding along as he enters the city of Jerusalem. It was a common practice for kings to enter a city with, uh, with a lot of fanfare and, and a lot of pageantry. Kings would, would enter the city And if the king was coming to your city to conquer, he would come in triumph, he would come riding a war horse, a magnificent, huge beast with muscles and uh, armor, a beast that had been trained for war. But if the king was coming into your city to offer peace, he wouldn't ride a war horse, he would ride a donkey, hardly a threat at all to imagine a king coming into your city on a donkey. The baby in the manger, this is a sign for you. The king on the donkey, this is an offer for you. God doesn't come to you wanting battle. God doesn't come to you looking to defeat you. He doesn't come trying to wear you down. He doesn't come trying to beat you up. He surrenders himself to you so you can surrender yourself to him, the Prince of Peace in the manger becomes the King of Peace riding in on the donkey to give himself to you. It was his mother who laid him in the manger. It was his disciples who set him on the donkey. But it was a completely different group of people and a completely different set of hands there when we see that they they nailed him to a cross. Just a few pages over and. Luke chapter 23, page 884. The story picks up there in verse 34. Luke tells us the two others, who were criminals, were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There, also, there was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews of the Jews, I remember when I was very young, I first listened to the words of the great philosopher, Jim Croce, and I was amazed at what he said in one of his songs. You say you you love the baby, but then you crucify the man say you love the baby, then you crucify the man. We, we come to Christmas and it makes sense to, to have the manger. It, it makes sense on Christmas to sing songs of joy and to talk about peace on earth. But we come to Christmas singing those songs and, and proclaiming peace, but we can't help but face the cross. We can't come to the manger without also facing the cross. Human hands that carefully laid that baby in the manger. Human hands that lifted the king to ride the donkey. It was human hands that stretched his arms out that nailed them to the cross that hung him there to die. But just as this is a sign for you and this is an offer for you, this is a prayer for you. Jesus prays in verse 34, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. That prayer isn't just for those who drove the nails. That prayer is for you and me. For every failure we've ever known, for every sin we've ever committed, for every fault we've ever had, for every mistake we've ever made, Jesus paid it all. Jesus' prayer for you was that you would know peace, that you would know His Father's forgiveness. And the cross wasn't enough, though. And the story doesn't end there. After they nailed Him to the cross, they took Him down. And the story that starts with they laid him in a manger, that story continues with they laid him in a tomb. Just a few verses over in verse 50. Now there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea, and he was a member of the council, a good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision and action, and he was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid him in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever yet been laid. It was the day of preparation and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how the body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices, anointments. On the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. You can't miss it, the same hands that were there in the beginning. The same hands that were there in the beginning are here at the end. His mother at the beginning laying him in the manger. She is among the women that are listed here who have come from Galilee. And here there is another Joseph. This one, one a shepherd of his people, a teacher of his people. This Joseph, it's this Joseph who gives him the gift of dignity, who gives him the gift of honor, the gift of a rich man's tomb. And as surely as as the Prince of Peace Made this offer of peace and a prayer for your peace, this Prince of Peace paid the price for peace. It cost him his life. This is the price he paid for you and me so that we might truly know peace. And we know the story doesn't end in the tomb. Three days later, when no other hands are present, no one else is present, three days later, uh, the baby who was laid in the manger, the man who was set on the donkey, the one with a death sentence, who was nailed to the cross, the one who was laid in the tomb, he raised himself from the dead, freed himself from the tomb, and gave himself new life so that he might give us new life. And so the question tonight is what will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? Will you simply come and, and adore the baby, or will you welcome the man into your life? The man who offers peace, the man who paid the price for your peace. Will you trust his love, his offer to raise you out of the mess that your life has become, out of the confusion, out of the hurt, out of the anger, out of the, the lostness that you feel? Will you welcome him in peace? In just a little while, we'll come to the table. And we come to the table acknowledging that it's, it's his table it is the lord's table and it is he who invites us to the table it is he who offers us himself and tonight we come to remember that the story doesn't end at the manger the story doesn't end on the cross the story doesn't end in the tomb the story continues as each one of us accept his offer of peace